Welcome to the Crane Reframe, a Frasier fan podcast. I'm Ash. And I'm Sarah. And we are on the air. Welcome back to the show. Episode three. How do you feel, Sarah? I feel pretty good. We just released our first episode and things actually went pretty well. I feel like our family and friends enjoyed it. We already met new fans that have hopefully enjoyed it from what they've told us. I know. We actually got like a couple DMs and some comments and some people that I didn't expect to listen to it in my life, like text me how good it is and... Even people who I know that don't know Frasier or watch the show, they're like all jacked to watch it now. I know. I love that. We've inspired some new fans. Um, We've definitely just appreciated so much all the love and all the support, um, whether we know you personally in our personal lives or not. um, We really appreciate it. It's been really great to see and kind of meet this community some more. I know. And part of me is like, where have I been? this whole time within this community because I could have Mm -hmm. used y'all like years ago and I guess it never came to mind to actually look into like oh there's a whole reddit there's a whole (laughs) facebook fan club like and now we're a part of it and I feel very grateful it's cool it's exciting we knew you guys were out there. We said it even. I know we did. It's actually like the world is even bigger than I thought it would be. So that's amazing. I know because we have like listeners in like France and like Belgium. Shout out to y'all if you're listening. If you're still listening, if we didn't ruin it for you on that first episode. Um, yeah, in England and it's very cool. Someone yeah. in Dallas, I think, or Houston. Yeah, shout out. Okay, cool Texan. You. Didn't know you guys existed. Just kidding. You know how us Californians can be. Um, We are live in studio, not to you guys, but live to us. (laughs) It is a cold, rainy night, which is just perfect for some... Some Frasier. Some Frasier talk. Some crane reframe, baby. (laughs) Um, And while we're on some updates, we do have an Instagram. I know when we were recording our first two episodes, we actually didn't have it yet, but it is the crane reframe on Instagram. And our email is thecranereframe at gmail.com. So if you have any favorite episodes, characters, hot takes you want to share, if you have a theme idea, we're really excited to hear from you and we welcome all of it. Only positive. We only welcome positivity. And we will send that positive positivity right back to you. Yeah, we are about giving and receiving positive vibes. Mm-hmm. Sarah loves to vibe. I love a vibe. She's just vibing all the time. That's just I'm Sarah. vibing. I was hardcore vibing today because my life was shambles. <laughs> and now it's all come together to this moment. Now it's over. <laughs> I can relax. <laughs> you can relax and record this. Woo! And it's kind of a cool episode. It's our second themed episode. Mm-hmm. And we've decided to do cabins. cabins. Woo! <laughs> it's actually perfect for all this rainy weather. Um, obviously, I'm I'm so tired of driving in this rain, especially in California. But um, I mean, imagine being in a cabin right now, just getting to curl Ooh. up and enjoy this. So many fun escapades to be had in a cabin 
you know, mm-hmm. based on these episodes. There's all different scenarios for a cabin have occurred in this show. Like, yeah, we- and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> we're definitely going to talk about it. So what's crazy is coming into this theme and researching it, we discovered there are eight cabin episodes, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, I did not know that. I mean, I guess I obviously we picked that theme because we knew there were a handful, but to see the full on list, that was crazy. Yeah, I feel like off the top of my head, there were two that I really like. I remember all the time, mm-hmm. um, which we'll go over them some more. But definitely the one where they they bring their dates to a cabin and then the classic cabin episode where it's all mix and match oh. relationships. Hmm. I wonder who will talk about that today. I wonder. I hope someone does. Hmm. It might be me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Unless there's a third person in here somewhere. Um, yeah, so actually I found this really cool post. I found it fascinating because this user on the subreddit, Fraser mm-hmm. posted five years ago, and I'll give credit to the user right now, his his or her, they. Um, they are Mischief Knight. Cool HT. Um, this was posted five years ago, and they did a whole post on the cabin episodes and kind of doing this like really big themed analysis of it. Um, and I found this after researching for this theme, so I didn't get this idea or steal it. I just thought it was like really cool how this person broke down the episodes and categorized them by um, basically. If they were okay and down to go to the cabin and if the point of the episode was for life contemplation and reflection or if the goal was sex. <laughs> Those are the <laughs> Which is things. like the funniest way to categorize things is either contemplation or sex. That's all that matters. <laughs> are you contemplating life is. or do you want a bone right now? That's the only two options for going to a cabin. And Those are my two states. I don't know about you. <laughs> Uh, I don't even care if I'm in a cabin, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just thought it was really cool. Like, that's why I love this community and and different minds coming together. You know, that's what mm-hmm. I loved about school, too, is just, like, how different people's brains work. Because I would never even think of some of these things the way this person thought of them. Um, so when listing these eight episodes, we're going to do a quick overview of the eight episodes. And then we will pick each we'll each pick an episode to mm-hmm. kind of go over in detail about mm-hmm. give some little fun facts trivia go over the storyline talk about quotes whatever you you know the you know the whole thing by now I guess I don't know we've only done one episode though. maybe you don't <laughs> know what we do here I just got deja vu what I swear to you I just felt like I've lived this before or I had a dream do you know what they say deja vu is and it's not like a fun answer it's like a scientific answer when your eyes is sending what's happening to your brain like fractions of milliseconds faster than the other eye okay that actually is beautiful and amazing because I've been hoping that there was an answer because it honestly freaks me out like I've seen the theory that you're dying and you're seeing it all I know sorry Jesus brought down (laughs) can you just trigger warning fear of death (laughs) must grab out of van now (laughs) um 
<laughs> Sorry. I've seen the theory that it's like you're dying and you're seeing their life flash before your eyes, but some things stick out to you more than others, which is weird because sometimes I'm like, I'm just looking at a bagel right now. Like, is this what? <laughs> you know, this bagel's very important. <laughs> what does the bagel represent? Do you no. want to fuck the bagel or do you want to contemplate the bagel? So I actually feel a lot better knowing that my brain is just processing, you yeah, know, it's, it's just, just one eye slower than the other. You got a slow eye. Yeah. <laughs> I have glasses. She does. She needs help. She has an assist on her eyes. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm just going to start. We'll, we're going to include this person's like categories. Cause I just thought they were fun. They're amazing. Yeah. So the first cabin episode we see is season two, episode 20. Um, we can kind of technically call this a cabin because Martin advertises this fishing, ice fishing trip to the boys as like cabin fishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are supposed to technically end up at a cabin off the lake, but they get trapped in the uh, little ice fishing hut. <laughs> it's very tiny. <laughs> There's just like literally just sitting room enough for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was... The theme is contemplation because it's about Martin and the boys and their relationship as father and sons. Mm. And they were against going. I don't know. I just like adding those little things in. I know. That's an amazing categorization. Um, The next one after that is actually two seasons later. Season four, episode 13, is four for the seesaw. So this is when um, Frazier and Niles actually meet two women at Cafe Nervosa. One of which is Megan Mullally, who was like— Oh, amazing and everything that she does. Yeah, look her up. We don't even need to go into her. She you just, just she's for herself. everything you need to know. Um, and they actually decide to go to a cabin together. They've like just started dating and they all decide. They met like that day. Remember? They like, spent it was all that day. day. It was all like, like the spur of the moment. Like, And they were just like, yeah, let's go to a cabin all together. Um, obviously, that one was for sex. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a whole thing in that episode about who's sleeping where and if they're going to hook up with those two women because they keep getting mixed signals mm-hmm. from the women. And, like, Niles is going crazy because he just, like, is divorcing Maris yeah, at that in, time. Yeah, he's and, in a weird state with Maris, and then he's wondering if it's okay if he <laughs> sleeps with someone else. Yeah, what are the ground rules of their separation, right? And Fraser's like, get over it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Stop bugging me. Uh, The next one is Surprise, the episode that I'm going to go over in detail today. Um, And it is season five, episode 14, The Ski Lodge. Mm -hmm. It's four going. Everyone's down to go. And it's four sex. Surprise, those two together. Um, So basically the Crane family, as well as Daphne's friend Annie, go to a ski lodge and it's all about these whimsical sexual desires, as the Reddit user says. <laughs> um, season six, episode 16, is called Decoys. It's also for sex. Um, Niles tries to destroy Donnie and Daphne's budding relationship by inviting both Donnie and Roz, who's Donnie's ex, to his cabin that he just inherited from Maris. Um, yeah, so, he's trying to get like Roz and Donnie back together. Like, Yeah, because it turns out... Donnie is Roz's one who got away the same way that at this point Niles is thinking Daphne is his one who got away. So why not? He says, why? Well, wait, no, he says he kind of he puts it all together. And it is kind of like a little mini farce in this episode. Yeah. Frazier and Martin show up and Frazier's in where and someone's outside. 
Um, but Niall says, why should two people be happy when four people can be ecstatic? So. Oh, yeah, that's that quote. There you <laughs> go. You got it. Um, the next is season seven, episode one, Mamma Mia. It's all about life contemplation and reflection and sex <laughs> because Fraser's going there with Mia. But Fraser begins dating a children's book author who looks just like his mother, except he doesn't realize this. Martin and Niles do. Um, the actress is Rita Wilson, wife of Tom Hanks. Oh, Americans, really? America's sweetheart. Oh. America's grandpa now. Um, and they're foregoing. Um, and it's kind of all about revisiting a past relationship with someone deceased because it brings up all these memories of mm-hmm. their mom. What an interesting way to revisit that relationship. <laughs> Very, what is it, Freudian? Correct. Yes. You want to fuck your mama. <laughs> Very awkward. Yeah. I don't really like that episode personally. Yeah, it's a little, it, it toes the line of uncomfortable for sure. Yeah. Um, season eight, episode 10 is Cranes Unplugged. Um, when Frazier's upset that his son Freddie is 13 and is no longer spending quality time with him. So he forces him and his dad, Martin, to go on a generational bonding, fishing, and camping trip. We leave it at dawn! dawn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Frazier gets real into this um, and is really just trying to make sure that he stays close to his son, which can be difficult. He's growing up. There's obviously naturally going to be some distance between them. Yeah, that's the time when, like, your children will rebel and you just have to, like, give them that mm-hmm. time and experience. Especially at 13. But that one is contemplation. I don't know. I'm not a parent yet, but I feel like, I'd want my 13 to get the heck out of my face sometimes. Like 13 was rough. Go. Yeah, go next door. Go play with the little kids. <laughs> I'm going to pour myself another sherry. Anyways. So season nine, episode two, we get the seventh cabin episode. And this is Don Juan and Hell Part Two. <laughs> And this is where Jean Smart, I love her. She's awesome. Hats. I love her on the show. She's great in this show. I love her character in this, as problematic as she is. Yeah, she's awful, but she's so good at it. She's so good at being bad. She's so good at being bad. <laughs> so that's Lana. Um, so basically, Fraser has feelings for Lana, but tells her to just get back with her husband, that that's the right thing to do. And he finds himself romantically alone, and he kind of feels like it's all my fault. Mm -hmm. So he goes on a drive up to the woods and to the cabin to kind of contemplate and reflect on his life and, like, what are relationships? What do they even mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And what comes up in his psyche and appears in, like, the real-life form in the car and the cabin are his ex-lovers, mainly he's talking to Lilith, Mm -hmm. Diane, and Nanette. (laughs) Nanette just randomly is there. It's wild. Um, And it's so different than the Nanette we see in the show later on. Yeah. (laughs) And she's played by a different actress. That's what I was going to say. They don't really look similar. Yeah, they were all over the place with Nanette, which she's kind of all over the place. So maybe it's fitting. Yeah, it's a that's metaphor. Fair. They're really deep writers. That's true. It is a metaphor. It doesn't matter who doesn't she really matter. is. It's what <laughs> she was to Frasier, apparently. Damn, that was deep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, we cap it off with season 11, episode 14, which is Freudian sleep. So one of getting towards the end of the series. So it's the last cabin episode. It is for sex for Martin and Ronnie. It's for contemplation for everybody else. So Martin unwittingly invites Fraser, Daphne, and Niles to a cabin retreat with him and Ronnie that was originally just supposed to be the two of them. They all have surreal dreams, and that reveals their current stresses and fears. Yeah, and that's the episode that you have decided to cover. I Controversial choice. Apparently. But we'll talk about that when we get to you. Yeah. So what do you guys think of all these episodes? DM us, email us. Um, we'd like to hear like what you would choose to go into. Maybe we can do a cabins round two and pick two more and talk about yeah, those. I'd be down for that. Yeah, at some point. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be doing Ski Lodge and you will be doing the Freudian Sleep. We love a good pun here. I know that one's good. I'm surprised that that one didn't come into play until the end, especially considering Fraser is like Freudian. Yes. There will be no blaming mothers today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's get into this. Yes. Okay. So season five, episode 14, the infamous Mm -hmm. The Ski Lodge. Mm -hmm. This is actually the highest rated episode for the entire series. The whole series for real? For real. And you know what? It does not surprise me because it is the episode in my 20s. In if we talked about this in the first episode, yeah, that I remember seeing, and it was like my revisit to Frasier and being like, oh, this show's fu- fucking hilarious and so <laughs> smart. Like, how do you even write this? Wow. And that's yeah. what got me into watching the entire series. That's and amazing. That's when my obsession began. And I think that if no one has ever seen this show, that's where to start. Just sell them on this episode because it, I saw some like reviews and stuff and they were so right. Um, they were saying like it, you don't need to know the, the show at all to yeah. know that th- this episode, if you just watch this, it's, you don't need to know the characters. You don't need to backstory. I think they call it like a bottle episode or something oh, like that okay, where yeah. like it stands alone. So anyways, for anyone who's listening that has never watched Frasier and you're on episode three of this Frasier fan podcast, <laughs> start- You found yourself here somehow. Somehow. Go back. Save yourself. <laughs> save yourself. <laughs> uh, but start with the Ski Lodge. Um, it was nominated for an Emmy um, that year. It was aired February 24th, 1998. Surprisingly, it did not win. Um, It was nominated for the best writing, Um, but they're okay because they won an overall 37 Emmys for this whole series, which I think at the time or for a while, it was like the most Emmys for like a modern show, but it's right now it's ranked third for the TV show with most Emmys behind SNL and Game of Thrones. Still? Still. Wow. I looked it up today, baby. Wow, I'm going to start telling people that, too, to get them to watch yeah, it. Yeah, that's a good sell. You know, it's like ranked sixth or seventh, or maybe even fifth. On what? Your favorite cheers for most Emmys. <laughs> maybe when you're older. I think, yeah, someday <laughs> I would love to watch it. I just think I went into it wanting to know more about Frasier. And, and it's just like, so different. Frasier. It's not. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
you grew up in the East Coast too. You, I know. You're a New England babe and <laughs> you turned to California babe. And that show doesn't resonate with you at all? Well, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Good point. Um, no, I, I love that it's set in Boston. Um, I mean, once I went to Boston and they actually had a Frasier cardboard cutout and I took a picture with it. You're like, this is why I'm here. <laughs> um, which is hilarious because obviously I know Seattle Frasier, not Boston Frasier. Um, but yeah, I would love to watch it someday. Just loving Frasier so much. I feel like I need the backstory, even though it's very unrelated. I just think it's a component that like needs to be explored. Yeah. And it is a good show. It's just different. You, so you got to go in knowing it's different. It's different. It's going to be quasi similar vibes. Yeah. I need to have an open mind, but it's not Frasier. You know, nothing is Frasier, right? Yeah. Nothing is. So, like I said, this aired February 24th, 1998. It went on to become one of the most famous and most popular episodes. Mm -hmm. It was written by Joe Keenan and director, co-creator of the show, David Lee, um, directed it as he is the director. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We have the major players. We have the Crane brothers, Martin and Daphne. Mm-hmm. And then Daphne brings along a friend. Who we never see before or after this. Which is like all her friends. Yeah. That's played by Cynthia LaMontagne. Oh. Annie is. And do you recognize her? Does she look familiar to you at all? Because when I, I watched it, so. she- I was like, God, who is she? Yeah. She looks so familiar. She's big Rhonda in that 70s show. Fez's love interest in season four. Oh my God, really? Isn't that crazy? I'm like... <laughs> She's supposed to be a high schooler? A classic. That's wild. Isn't that funny? Yeah. No, she's like beautiful. She's so diverse in her acting to go from, you know, swimsuit model for Frasier to big Rhonda. (laughs) You know, get you a girl who can do both. (laughs) Yes. She also, I think she was a... uh, One of the like 60s babes, the blonde hair girls in Austin Powers that kept coming up when I looked her up. I don't know. Just interesting. She's versatile. Well-versed. Yeah. And then James Patrick Stewart plays Guy, the ski instructor. He's so cute. I love Guy. His story on how he got the part too is really interesting. He he went in and had like a French look to him. He like (laughs) pictured the character being like kind of sleazy Mm -hmm. and greasy and he saw like a room full of guys dressed up in like striped shirts and berets and stuff for this role. Oh my God. And he went in with a fake mustache on. <laughs> and the casting guy was like, take that mustache off. And then his French accent was really good. Ooh. And he played it with kind of like an ease to him. Uh-huh. You know how he's like very nonchalant and yeah. like leans back all the time, like that kind of energy. That's how he got the part. I just thought that was really he's a perf- He's perfect. I'll always like just appreciate that small role you know and it made it like made him for a little while like he's part of like one of the best episodes of and that show at the time was like Frasier that show (laughs) this show Frasier which show (laughs) what show we're talking about it was like peak peak like they were rock stars essentially in the tv world you Mm -hmm. know so he uh, I just read this interview with him and he just has a lot of like very sweet things to say about how much it meant to him. That's adorable. And when he goes back to work on the lot there, he'll go to the spot where he stood off stage before <gasps> he went on and said, I'll like came in, you know, with the groceries. Uh-huh. 
to like just have a moment of gratitude. That's so cute. I know. What a pure soul. So pure. I hope he's listening. We love you, James Patrick Stewart. No, it's gee. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, Your impressions. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to kind of start off with a quote from Joe Keenan, who was the writer of this episode. Um, it's from an interview with Yahoo Life from 2016. Mm-hmm. And he says, we'd never done a full-blown bedroom farce. You have to say, well, who are the players? We know Frazier has to be chasing somebody, the woman of the week. And Daphne would have to be chasing somebody. Daphne brings a friend and there's a handsome ski instructor there. We said, okay, Frazier's chasing Daphne's friend, Annie. Annie's chasing Niles. Niles is, as always, chasing Daphne. (laughs) Daphne is chasing the ski instructor. And the ski instructor is chasing Niles. (laughs) I love just the plot point of of Gee going after Niles. Oh, man. Yeah. And I guess when he did the look at Niles' ass or uh-huh. butt, whatever we want to say, bum or rear, he did that like lean back and it reveals like, oh, he's gay and into Niles. Yeah. The audience, I guess, laughed for so long, like and cheered and erupted like from the uh-huh. reveal. That they had to, like, cut the laugh down. Really? In the episode. Like, they had to break for so long. Isn't that funny? That, yeah, that's amazing. So, a farce. What is it? What is it? What is it? Please it, enlighten me. I am going to. A little little Thanks. school lesson here for okay, you. I'm ready. I love a little back background info. Because <laughs> I know, like, farce on its basic level. But I just wanted to understand it more because, like, that kept coming up when researching this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, its etymology takes us back to the 16th century France. Oh. It means to stuff, like to stuff something. It was originally used to describe meat stuffing, like <laughs> pies, <laughs> pastries. Get your head out of the gutter, Sarah. It's not in the gutter. We're talking food I'm here. I'm just you wondering why stuffer. we're discussing farts. Because that's a major part of this episode is like the whole mix up of everything is a traditional farce Mm -hmm. where like not every episode is like that. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I just thought it was important. So it was then adapted as a metaphor referring to comical bits, jokes, and interludes being stuffed in between the texts of religious plays. So it's like little jokes and little crazy little bits happening in between everything. And now it just refers to general comical buffoonery. Buffoonery. Which is like a word I love now. Um, And depicts hilarious yet improbable situations. Hmm. So the Ski Lodge, which earned Keenan one of his five writing nominations for Frasier, is one of five classic farces he wrote for the sitcom. And Lee directed them all. So the other farces, the big episodes, were episode t- season two, episode three, The Matchmaker. And that's when Fraser tries to set his new boss up with Daphne. And oh, intentions yeah. and orientations are miscommunicated. Okay. That guy was cute, too. He was. Yeah. And also gay. I know. You're going to find a theme with some of these farces. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that all we got, guys? <laughs> 
Um, season four, episode one, the two Mrs. Crane. And that's the Clive episode when Clive comes and he's like, you guys are the worst family I've ever met. Oh my God, Clive. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's when Martin like is an astronaut. Yes. <laughs> and says he went to the moon. Yes. And he's like talking about moon crane. <laughs> I remember my first time using a moon crane. <laughs> Okay. okay, I'm feel, I'm sensing the theme, the okay. vibe You're of You're getting these a things. farce. I'm getting the vibe of a farce. Okay, season seven, episode fifteen, out with dad. Martin commits to pretending he is gay to get out of dating Fraser's love interest mother at the opera. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that had to be another farce. And then things go awry, <laughs> obviously, because someone believes that he is gay and they try to set them up. Yeah, again, gay. <laughs> Interesting. Season 11, episode three, the doctor is out. This is when the whole town believes Frasier to be gay. (laughs) So. Can we think of anything else in the 90s, please, and early 2000s? So all the farces are just a character is gay. Except for Clive. Yeah, he was just there. Clive was an innocent bystander to all these farces. I mean, they're funny. They are, but, but that's once interesting. You, when that you all line those... them up, yeah, it is interesting. Um, and that's where the one with Patrick Stewart as Alistair Burke. But if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure the we might have to do a write your wrongs on this next episode. But I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure the writer of these is gay. Oh, so he's like peppering in. Yeah, so. he's like, you know what? We need more. We need to will and grace I mean, this show up. I just think it's funny that they're all farce episodes because those are like all Is that the, the ones... only way he could get away with it at the time is to make it a farce? I'm, I'm wondering, like you're saying with the um, the cabin episode that it kind of just worked out that way, like to have them all have a love interest for the ski instructor to be into Niles. So mm. I'm wondering like, I don't know, in what world would a woman be into a man where to Niles or um, Frasier and they don't care. I think yeah. they have to have it be a gay man. Because even though in the Cabin episode, granted, um, I mean, her friend is into Niles, but Niles is after Daphne. That's the only reason. Yeah. If they, if anyone was after Frasier, he would have gone for it. 100%. So maybe I, I even feel like... Gee. Yeah, maybe. So <laughs> I feel like they have to make them gay characters who are to make this farce work. Yeah. Because that's, that's the I'm only way. Like, there has to be that element of it to make a joke. I mean, I think there are other farce episodes. I'm just bringing up the ones that that writer wrote and oh, the guy okay. directed and stuff. That little team. Because mm-hmm. I think there are other farce episodes. Because um, that, like, in that list, it's not even listed the episode, the cabin episode where... Donnie and Roz meet up again in the cabin because of Niles. That's a farce. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a different writer. But no gay men. Interesting. Well, if Whatever. he is gay, you know, or whoever it is, some representation. At That's that time, great. yeah, we'll take it. And it was and they were good characters. funny as hell and great casting and yeah. great everything. So I'm going to just do a little mini deep dive into the episode really quick. Okay. Uh, so Roz wins a prize from a charity raffle she entered. Thanks to Connie from Promotions. Do you oh my remember God, that, that was so awkward because so she comes in and Roz is like, literally leave me alone. Like I bought, I've, I've Girl helped Scout every, cookies. every I've fundraiser. And then she's like, 
Well, you won this prize, bitch. Oh, that's horrible. And then she wins a ski trip with but a ski instructor and she's... She's pregnant. She's prego as an ego, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and she basically trades Fraser for his flat screen TV. Do you remember episode where Fraser buys Martin the flat screen oh, TV? Oh, that's where it comes from? Yeah. I I literally was like, where what did they TV do with he, this is TV? Is he going to go buy a TV right now and give it to her? No. It's, so he used that Because remember he put it in storage or something like that? Oh, okay. Yeah, a little background. That makes sense. Yep. So he invites the entire family, Niles, Martin, and Daphne, but Daphne's promised to her friend Annie she'd spend her birthday with her. Once Fraser learns that she's a swimsuit model, he's more than happy to invite her along. Of course he is. Yes. So. That dog. That dog. (laughs) That dirty, dirty dog. So once they arrive to the ski lodge, the one that's in the title, (laughs) they meet Guy. 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 (laughs) We. We. Oh, you speak French? I only know we. A French and soon to be revealed gay ski instructor. That's Guy. Guy immediately has an eye for Niles, notoriously checking out his butt. Not obviously, I talked about that before, which Mm -hmm. led to that huge applause break. Um, They settle down after dinner with some, or I guess like a lot of rum, butter rum. But oh, yeah. they all get drunk basically. And Martin's which, making them. Yeah, and at this point they've all kind of like laid out their intentions and who they think is like hot and who they want to get with that night. So basically mm-hmm. like, they're drunk, sexual tension, small cabin. Poor deaf Martin is just in the middle of all of it because his ears are <laughs> plugged from a cold. Oh, yeah. And that causes a lot of like the miscommunication because he uh, unknowingly is like telling Daphne or she, he thinks he hears Daphne saying that Annie's hot for Frasier mm-hmm. when she's really saying she's not hot for Frasier. Yeah. And then Guy comes to Martin to ask about his son Niles and Guy starts to be like, so he, his, he's interested and Martin's like, oh yeah, he's interested <laughs> For a long time or whatever. I don't know. He basically... He thinks that he's asking about Niles' feelings for Daphne. Yes. That's what Martin thinks. Yeah. And he thinks it's about his sexual orientation. Yes. So Martin kind of screws all this up with his deafness. Um, How dare you? Marty. Um, my favorite is like that scene where like the camera just kind of pans across all of them and they're all kind of like looking at the one that they want. Yeah. yeah it's so cute and funny. And so the bedroom farce begins. Mm-hmm. Fraser chases after Annie, who chases after Niles, who pursues Daphne, and he was fallen for Guy, <laughs> and who obviously thinks Niles is gay and into him. And basically, that's kind of the show. It ends with nobody getting what they want, everyone in different bedrooms at different times. It's very hard to explain a farce <laughs> verbally. Because the way also was very intentional. They had like a big ask for the set design because they're in this, you know, studio space and they have to have the set where you can see all the bedrooms. Mm -hmm. You can't be down in the hallways. You can't be in a separate area. You have to see the doors opening and shutting and who's going where. So like the set design was very purposeful, how it was all laid out. 
Uh, I just thought, and many other millions of people thought, it was a brilliant episode. And I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it to those who have never seen it that are listening to this Frasier fan podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely think it's a good first episode. Like you get a feel for the dynamics, for all the personalities. Um, Niall is actually, I mean, he has his plan to actually confess his feelings for Daphne. It's one of the episodes that he almost does it. He does it basically. He does it to the bathroom door. Yeah. And then it's just And Annie. then it's Annie and she thinks, oh, he loves me or he's into me. Because it could be taken, I think like what he says, it could be taken as either like, I felt it since the moment I saw you. Yeah. Or I've wanted you since the moment I saw you. And then she's like, ooh. That could have could been be this today or could have been years ago when Niles first met. I just feel bad for Annie because meanwhile, and then Fraser's trying to get after her and she just wants Niles and she just feels all embarrassed. And it's also her birthday. Yeah. Imagine this is like your friend brings you to her friend's cabin where her like creepy boss wants to be. <laughs> yeah. And then also, even if she understood like what was actually going on, like she's interested in Niles and he's, he wants her best friend. So, I mean, like it's a screwed up. It's screwy. No one's happy. Yeah. I love Guy being like, would you give us some privacy? <laughs> like <laughs> he's so cute. He he's so sweet. Very cute. I mean, he did nothing wrong really. Either. No, I'm problematic. Oh, and he thinks another facet is he thinks Annie and Daphne are lesbians. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All his commentary about them is hilarious. Like they go into the bedroom and they're like giggling and like she, I think she gives her lingerie. Yeah. I have a quote. I'll read it for you. So it starts with like Guy being like, your friend Daphne, she did not like the way Annie was flirting with you. No, she didn't. Did she? In fact, she dragged Annie right off to her bedroom. I'm obviously not getting any roles for French person. I don't know. You're pretty close. Uh, I think I know what that means. Girlish laughter comes from Daphne's room. I think we both know. (laughs) Daphne was jealous. She was jealous, wasn't she? I don't believe it. I am surprised by nothing. You know, I think you did not like Annie's flirting either. Oh, was it that obvious? Annie is not your uh, cup of tea? Well, just between us, my interests lie elsewhere this weekend. <laughs> and then Guy goes, really? And oh another God. huge applause break. <laughs> uh, so good. And then, of course, the end of the episode. I mean, there's so many more quotes that are great. And there's so many nonverbal things that happen in that show that mm-hmm. just are perfect. But, of course, the end of the episode... After everyone's kind of figured out, they've all been screwed and screwing up other people's nights. Mm -hmm. Niles is like, I suggest we all forget this ever happened and just go to bed. (laughs) And then here comes dramatic Frasier. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Everybody, let me see if I can get this straight. All the lust coursing through this lodge tonight. All the hormones virtually ricocheting off the walls. And no one was chasing me. See you at breakfast. He's going to go drown his sorrows. Oh, alone. and that champagne orgasm that he did. <laughs> that he pops open the champagne. Is that what it's called? No. <laughs> what are you talking about? When they get into Fraser's room. Uh-huh. And, or I guess, 
he's accidentally in Daphne's room thinking it's Annie's room and yeah. he's naked in bed and he opens the champagne and he's holding it on his crotch and it's That's pouring true. out. That's yeah. That's purposeful. Okay, you're, yeah. It's just to make a joke. Okay. It's a farce, Sarah, okay? It's I'm buffoonery. I'm sorry, I'm like a farce fool. I'm it's new to this. champagne bottle buffoonery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, watch that episode, guys. That's a good first one. <laughs> okay, so I have to follow that episode up with a personal question as we did last time. Okay. Because I like that. That was fun activity. I do love it, too. Okay, so there's not much... This is such a specific episode, so there's, like, not much to grasp on for, like, yeah. personal Like, you religion. can't be like, have you hey, ever been, been in a, a cabin? <laughs> <laughs> when was the last farce you were in? How did it make you feel? <laughs> Write a 500-word essay. <laughs> Submit it by midnight, please. <laughs> um, no, I was going to ask you, in relation to Annie's experience, what was, like, your worst birthday memory? Oh my god! Oh, uh. too many to choose from. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Capricorn, so honestly, I, and you're born like a, <laughs> my birthday is December twenty third. And fun to say, right? yeah, so no, for don't someone, steal my identity. Um, <laughs> what's your mother's maiden name and the last four of your social? The street you grew up on. Um, <laughs> that sounds poetic. Yeah, maybe I should write a song with all my personal information. <laughs> People will be. Distracted by how beautiful your voice and the words are to know Thank that you. they could just take it all. You flatter me. Yeah. When any when anyone's <laughs> threatens like my identity being stolen, like, oh, you better be careful. I'm like, good luck. <laughs> have <laughs> rough have out here. at it. Do better than I did with it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoy debt. <laughs> <laughs> Student debt. <laughs> Some loans. Um yeah, I, I mean, I don't know when I've been in a farce. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> that was our pretend question. What <laughs> was like, oh, I forgot pick, that you asked a real pick question. one of your worst birthday memories. Okay. Um, okay, I'm not even going to lie. Um, I love my family, but I. <laughs> it's okay. They love us, so they'll accept these stories because it is your truth, up, and that is okay. Up until my 21st birthday, all of my birthdays, the actual birthday, were spent with dinner with my grandparents. Yeah. Like, I did not—and it's because I have a birthday that is literally right before Christmas. So that's the thing is, like, almost none of my birthdays were my friends ever available. They were at their family's house. Yeah, it's house. not like it was a purposeful thing against you. It's more like a situation you were in. And honestly, they did that so that I could still celebrate. Like, honestly, how sweet were my grandparents? They came over literally two days later for Christmas, too. Yeah. And they just came in for my birthday. We got caught up, and then Christmas, we were like— Hello again. <laughs> like, Let's talk some more. Yes. But so, they brought you presents both times. Yeah. That's nice. They were amazing about it. I think it was just being a kid and then also a teenager. And it was like still. And even still as an adult. Um, Just recently, my last birthday has been my best birthday so far. Because I celebrated a day early with my boyfriend. And he made it amazing. Yeah. Um, but any, I think that's the new way to go is I have to celebrate earlier because by December 23rd, everyone is back home. Stressed out. Stressed out. Some people do go out for drinks, but like, I'm not, I'm not in my hometown. So if I was in my hometown now, I feel like I could hang out with people. Yeah. But when I'm here, most of my friends go home from here. So yeah, I'm just, they're all in college. Mm -hmm. It's just not most of the time. Um, it's hard. I would list 
just as a notable birthday, um, when I was 10, we went to this Italian restaurant that I loved going to. And I was in the peak, like obsessed with pigs phase. Like I had 30 pig stuffed animals. Oh my uh, God. I remember that. And you, that was my you whole still identity. don't eat any pig meat. I don't. No. I'm loyal to 10 year old Sarah. She really like, you didn't even know what like vegetarianism or anything was you just refuse I don't know like no I actually did but mom told me that I would have to eat beans if I went vegetarian so I didn't (laughs) you're like all right (laughs) pass the tuna (laughs) you do love tuna (laughs) I just have found my meats that I'll eat but I I don't eat like meats that I'll eat my eat meats (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah I remember um no, I just felt like it was a, that one was a huge family dinner. So then in that case, everyone was paying attention to each other and not me. Oh, my yeah, yeah. Was I there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like, I don't, none of these are that bad. I think. Was this the one where I got you the Zac Efron cutout though? No, that was when I was eight. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, that was a good one. I've had some weird birthdays. Yeah, because they're all like intertwined with Christmas. Yeah, I would say it's really just... I really just opened a can of worms with this question. Yeah, sorry. This is now a therapy session on my birthdays. I think as a Capricorn... (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't even a joke. (laughs) Uh, So Um, I think as a Capricorn... I've noticed with other Capricorns, we have mixed feelings about our birthdays. And I think when it's so close to Christmas, like I love Christmas, but there's this feeling of like everybody is focused on something else and then feeling like all year you're working hard or like you're being responsible. And like your birthday is your day to like feel some glory. I'm a firm believer that your birthday is your day to do nothing and for everyone to worship you. And I think everyone deserves that. (laughs) Yes. I actually like a lot of people I know don't give a shit about their birthdays. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, it is about me today. And I'm not a selfish person. I personally don't think that. But that's what (laughs) I I I also think other people don't think you're selfish or I'm selfish as a people. We're actually very giving, hardworking. We do a lot for our friends and family's birthdays. So that's why when it's my birthday. (laughs) I want planned, detailed yeah. things happening or even not happening and that's my gift like just relax and do nothing and I'll take care of it but I, I do feel like because I got used to my birthday not being much I feel like I've relaxed like I feel like it has shown me that I would like to do more for other people's birthdays like I can't really for me I think I've I've been slacking that's beautiful but it's like you're taking this as being like alright because it feels crappy for me I'm gonna help other people on their well, birthday then hopefully other people do it for me too I well don't know. get your best friend a negligee some lingerie go to a weird cabin with strangers and have a horrible farce <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm going to plan a farce for your next birthday. Oh my gosh, how are you going to do that? I don't know, but I feel like that would be right up your alley. If I could make a farce happen. A big old farce. <laughs> <laughs> I think you that you have like four months to plan this. I feel like I should wait. I feel like a 40th birthday would be perfect for a farce. Just a few years away, my friend. A farce 40, a 40 <gasps> farce. That's pretty good. Can and you'll like have more time by then 50? to like... You can get the the family in on helping you write it. Yeah. Okay. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Good story, Hansel. Yes. That wasn't really... I don't have a story. I think it's um, a a general pattern of mediocrity that paints (laughs) how I feel about my birthdays. But... 
Sorry about that, guys. I should have known asking that as someone <laughs> who has known her for 23 years. Well, I think uh, a lot of people do try really hard. It's just truly a matter of the season. It's it's just yeah. like, I'm never going to have a huge birthday I think you party. get like moments, but not like a day. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, you get like a spotlight for a little bit, but then it's like, all right, I got to go wrap presents or I got to go yes. buy last minute <laughs> presents. Well, one, my and worst birthday- too, being stressed <laughs> about it. Like usually- I also use my birthday money to get Christmas presents last minute. And that makes me sad too, <laughs> but you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Hustle. Because you know? mine's like literally six months apart. Yeah. So, so have you had a really bad birthday? I can't describe any of my birthdays as like terrible. There's been some that like make me sad because it's similar things to you where it's like no one really kind of gives a crap. Yeah. And not even as an adult. Like I kind of get over that as I grow older, but... I remember one as a like a teenager being mm-hmm. really upset because, and I know she's listening, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> um, she took me to the mall to what I thought was to like go shopping, and we probably hit up a New York and Co. You know, <laughs> a little shopping spree. I cannot get over mom bringing little girls into New York and Company okay, and you getting make us- that sound so no, creepy. Exactly. Wait, no. <laughs> Mama Mia. Mom's going to kill me. Uh, no, she's not. She loves you no matter what. And she'll tell you that all the time. But no, she. Okay. I get what you're saying. New York and co. Little teenagers in business suits. Yes. Imagine. Um, I just love the fact that mom was taking us to that store and we were showing up to school. I literally would wear what I called business pants to Same, school. And I thought they were dope. They A were so- buttoned down. <laughs> A fancy little, like, pleather belt. Yeah, like, we had a presentation a that big, day. A big, like, drippy earring, like. <laughs> she, yeah. Cashmere, she decked out. Cashmere New York and Co. socks. <laughs> I still have a pair. They're great. Oh still God. lasting. They're, like, a decade old. Honestly, I would still be, I was always excited. I I have no bad memories of shopping no, me with neither. mom. I would love to go, I should go, we should go to New York and Co. I don't think they're alive anymore. Really? <laughs> they didn't make it, Sarah. Through the times. Okay, that's something I have to process. Well, we might have to right our wrong on that one, but I'm pretty sure... <laughs> We're going to have to right our wrongs about New York and Company. <laughs> Look, they, they will email. They will tell us. <laughs> they will. And um, they should. But yeah, she actually took me shopping. I can't remember the good parts. Maybe she did take me on the shopping spree, but I remember her taking me into a Hallmark and telling me to pick up my birthday <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, it's the same day every year, Mom. You actually were the one to give birth to me. <laughs> she loved a Hallmark, though. So, Can I say something that's not a birthday but a mom memory? Sure. <laughs> Why not? This is a mom-themed episode. Um, oh, that's a good category. I'm going to write that down. Moms. We, I found out that there was no tooth fairy. By spoiler alert, <laughs> uh, case you didn't know, trigger warning. As far as I know, in my adult life, there's no tooth fairy. I found out by one morning waking up at like 6 a.m. for school and mom leaning over like to say good morning to me and literally <laughs> stuffing, literally taking the tooth from behind my pillow and stuffing <laughs> like a some, dollar bill under some amateur magician. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, good morning, sweetie. And 
I Here's some woke literal up. hush money. Just <laughs> take this $2. I literally woke up and like see my tooth being exchanged. <laughs> and I got so upset. Like there was no reason as a kid. Like I threw a tantrum that was like ridiculous. Well, it's, it's, like I think I threw something. <laughs> the reason is like your truth. Your <laughs> child. Look, this is such <laughs> But your childhood is being shattered in that moment. And it's by the woman who you trust the most. No, because I don't, I still to this day do not know who, but tell me why when I was losing my teeth, I started getting postcards from the tooth fairy. <laughs> Mama went to the post office. Yes. Sure. So why are you okay, going to go that sweet. hard for some teeth and not for others? Maybe it was a tiny tooth. It wasn't worth it for her. But it was awful because then I made the connection that also, spoiler alert, Santa wasn't real. Easter and- bunny. And I, I remember going on a walk with mom on a cloudy day <laughs> and it was cold. This and is- I was like, so sad. I can't. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I can't even look at you. I was like, so sad is not really. <laughs> I can't even say it. You can't even bring yourself to say the truth, Sarah. Neither could she. <laughs> Okay. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. Okay, we got through that. Thanks, mom, for building our character <laughs> and our sense of humor. <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Wait, we're gonna get a copyright. <laughs> blah 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 blah. Um Okay, thank you for telling me that story. Thanks for listening. I I'm had to get listening. that off my chest. Yes, I'm glad I asked it. Yeah. I was meant to. You were. And I was meant to tell you about. <laughs> tell me everything. Another cabin episode. Another cabin episode. Sarah, check your temperature. Do you have cabin fever? Maybe. <laughs> I'm feeling hot. <laughs> uh, so this is season 11, episode 14, Freudian sleep. As we said, it's a play on Freudian slip. I'm still shocked that it made it to literally almost the end of the show before they use this. Right. Like. I feel like that would have been day one. Yeah. Because there are episodes where, like, Fraser's struggling to sleep. Yeah. Where there's, like, he has the he dream. Yeah, with, the other dream. He yeah, dream we could do dream episodes, too. We yeah. got to do farce episodes now that I know all this about farces. So many farces. I, I just know. also love saying farce. <laughs> farces plenty. <laughs> farces among us. <laughs> um. So this episode is not a farce, however. It is more surreal weirdness that we really don't see in any other episode of Frasier. Oh, it's a one-off for sure. It is standalone. Controversial. Yeah, so I, while researching this, I actually found a lot of people hate this episode. I saw like two that were like, this is an average Frasier episode. Who cares? Like, why are you guys making a big deal about it? And then like yeah. 80 that were like... One out of ten, like, come on. This is like, what were they thinking? So many people were acting like this was like against the law to create. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, like, personally insulted. Cause I don't, I saw, okay, a lot of people, I guess I'll get into like what I think they took issue with as we like unfold the episode. But I would say rewatching it, cause I, I almost forgot about it um, until we were researching this and saw all the cabin episodes. So it was a really cool one to revisit because it's been a while since I saw it. But. Yeah, because I, I also like I don't hate it as strongly as people hate it online, mm-hmm. but I also don't like. I don't think I, I don't like go to watch it. Like it's not like it does. It's not one of my favorites. It's just like every season there's a couple episodes that are just like filler. Yeah, I think a lot of people did say it was filler, yeah. but 
um, yeah, it's it's very surreal. I would say it's just different from everything else. For me, I like it because I like w- when weird stuff is going on. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's just funny how like insane it is. It's very insane. <laughs> um, and, it, and I really like that they tried something new, honestly. Yeah. Um, so basically what happens is Ronnie, who is played by the amazing Wendy Malick. Oh, I love um, her. And she is Martin's love interest Sass at this point. Sass a frass. Oh, she is so good at this character and at everything she and does. And such a good partner for Marty. She's perfect. I'm, I mean, spoiler um, for those of you who are apparently <laughs> New to this never sh- watching the Frasier. show Frasier. Um, but she is telling Martin that she actually got her boss's um, cabin up in the mountains for the weekend and that she put out for it. Uh, Martin's like, that's my girl. They're all excited to go together. Um, (laughs) Meanwhile, Frazier is just like drowning in his sorrows. He's just not getting calls at work anymore. It's been two days of a show with no calls, which I don't even know how you do that but it also kind of makes sense because honestly the whole time Frazier was running I was like how are people really just calling like consistently all the time yeah and you're on an AM station but he sounds like like I don't know any AM DJs I mean maybe it's the sign of our times but even when I was younger I'm like no one was like famous for being on AM radio yeah so but anyways maybe it's like it's Maybe people are going to the internet more to get help. That's true. Yahoo Questions was big back then. Yeah, the times were changing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, it was 2004. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but it is the second day of no calls. It's kind of reached that point. Um, Roz actually pretends to be a caller. Susan from Texas, which is funny because Perry Gilpin is actually from Texas. Oh, cute. I know. Adorable. Um, and... When um, Ronnie goes to why her hair is so big. Sorry, it's true. She has the Texas hair. She got Texas hair, and California tamed it down. Dang, gotta let that out. You gotta let it fly, girl. Yeah, higher the hair, closer (laughs) to God. Um, So Frazier is just upset um, and he's out of Sherry. He almost got in a car accident. Like everything is going wrong that day. And he hears that they're going to this cabin and he's kind of just insinuating that he is going to be so lonely. And then uh, Martin sees Eddie and is like, no, of course we're going to invite you, Eddie. But obviously he doesn't say Eddie and Frazier thinks they're inviting him. (laughs) So he turns around and is like, of course I'll go. like Because uh, he's so desperate for, like, attention. Yes. He's, he's like you on your birthday. He was like, <laughs> yes. He's like, that's so thoughtful of you to include me. And all of a sudden, Ronnie's like, uh, like, this is just supposed to be us. Um, Niles comes in. Apparently, he has had the worst day. Um, also learns that there's no Sherry. And that's when he says, you always think it's going to happen to someone else. <laughs> Finds out that there's no sharing. Great line, yes. Um, his patients have canceled. Him and Daphne are arguing. Daphne's very much pregnant, so it's just a stressful time. And then it turns out he actually almost hit Frazier with this car accident. Um, he was swerving to avoid a squirrel and almost hit Frazier's car. <laughs> <laughs> so. Squirrel, my brother. Squirrel, my brother. <laughs> um, so Niles is being a little brother. He's telling Frazier that it's inconsiderate that he accepted this cabin invite. Um, Frazier's like, well, you just didn't get invited. So Niles goes in to see Ronnie and Martin and see what everything's about. And he overhears Ronnie being sarcastic to Martin saying like, why don't we just invite Niles and Daphne and just make it a party? And he's like, oh, I'd love to. Like, I'll come with too. Perfect. So all of a sudden Great everyone's writing. going. 
So they actually don't really show them getting to the cabin. I feel like a lot of the cabin episodes, you see them arrive and everything, but it actually just cuts to Frasier sitting at the table um, with Daphne there. And they're talking about how Niles didn't come, which is very weird because obviously in the scene before, we were thinking Niles is coming. Um, Daphne starts talking about how Frasier is so different from Niles because he's alive. Oh yeah, they all laugh. (laughs) So Niles is dead apparently. And then they reveal that it's not Fraser's fault that he sliced him to shreds. So it's all this weird stuff where all of a sudden we're like, what, what do you just mean? Like, you don't even Fraser, know that Fraser's dreaming, basically. Yes. And so in his dream, he's dreaming that he had like killed Niles and basically that he's with Daphne. And it's weird. You see Daphne walking throughout the kitchen, opening cupboards and all the jars say like Niles on them. Ew. Yeah. I never noticed that. What <laughs> and the then hell? there's one that says Eddie. <laughs> it's like. <gasps> And honestly, the way that they're talking about it is very violent. Like, they talk about Frasier having, like, a meat shredder and, like, it's not— Or a wheat shredder. Either way, it was just, like, very disturbing. Like, he, it's basically alluding that he killed Niles, but it was an accident. And then, like, kept his body parts yeah. in jars. And, and the dog. That's not cool. And the dog. And Daphne disappears, and then she comes back, and she's wearing lingerie, and she's holding a baby. And she's like, I just had your baby. And then they, like, <laughs> kiss. So it's just so, like— that's what very, which, is going on. I guess like that is what dreams are. Yeah, it is like all what <laughs> is going what? on. And you you know in your brain you feel like that's just how things are and it feels normal and yes. like everything makes sense, but it doesn't in reality. And the audience is just like what is happening. So then we just see Fraser wake up and he goes to the kitchen. And honestly, you're not even sure if he's if, you're like, if is it's this real or still not. a dream. Yes. Uh, but Niles is there and Niles actually just ends up making fun of his dream again. Like he's such a little brother in this episode. Um, he's what does like, he say? Well, he's like, it's not hard to decipher. Like, obviously, it's disturbing that a man of your intellect can't like decipher this dream. <laughs> um, you're lonely and you just envy what I have. Basically, like, you envy that I have Daphne, like, I'm with someone, and that we're having a baby soon. I'm like, that's cold. Damn, that's, like, like, really cold for in the middle of the night, too. He kind of went back to, like— And also, like, he just killed you in his dream. Like, let's not you know, fuel some— Watch out there, buddy. Watch out there, buddy. <laughs> um, it's very much, like, early Fraser Niles, I feel like, is so sarcastic and rude and— just like will read people to filth and also act like he's better than everyone and it was really keying like his innate <laughs> Niles yeah remember how like rude he was like raw I mean yeah, we talked about that but just like yeah how insulting he would be to people yeah I was like wow we really circled back to that because I feel like he's been very he kind. softened up with Daphne he did but he, he was like just You're making jealous fun of, it. of me and he's saying like that's not even a hard dream like obviously and he apparently just loves deciphering dreams so he's like why what is so hard for you to understand about this? And Fraser's trying to make it seem more complicated than it Which is. Which is a Fraser thing. Yeah. <laughs> Fraser so, does that all the time. Classic. So Fraser actually then has another dream. He's in the radio station and it's covered in cobwebs. And Nafraz is telling him, like, we haven't had a call in six months. Like, nobody has called. And Fraser's freaking out. He sees all these phones. One is ringing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he can't decide. He can't figure out which one's ringing. And there's just all this stuff happening. And you could you could just start to tell. He's like freaking out about the fact that his radio show is not doing well anymore. It's feeling outdated. He feels lonely. So we're really getting a picture of where he's at. And in again, life. like not hard to decipher. 
That one's a real literal, like, yeah. cobwebs, like, stress mm-hmm. about the job. Yes. So then it, it switches over to Niles, which has, I would say, the weirdest out there dream. That is what, when I think of this episode, I think of that, like, weird cubist, surreal <laughs> art. It's like a room with, that's fairly like a theater empty. black room, like a black box theater kind of stage looking like yeah and like the walls are painted like brighter weird colors like acid trip colors but like not enough to be like full blown it's not vibrant but it's like dark but also like vibrant colors in a way bizarre so and then there's like a big rocking chair there's a crib you know like bare necessities obviously the things he's gonna be stressed about yes um so it switches to this you can hear daphne off stage yelling all these things like burp him is the baby okay i'm coming down there so he's rocking the baby he's freaking out because daphne's shouting all this stuff like that he needs to be doing yeah like his responsibility as a parent and the pressure like that's gonna be put on him and and she is just making it worse and um I, i think it like reminds me of like his stresses about maris like being controlling yeah. that's so i didn't think about that because daphne isn't really like that no she's not like that was very out of character so for me it's either she represents just his own internal yelling and screaming of the yeah. pressures that are going on or maybe if we go even deeper to the dream it's like is he worried that she's gonna turn into like a maris type like and be well, controlling it's interesting too because um i saw someone um, in, in my research theorizing, I wish I saw who, um, to give them some credit, but I saw someone theorize that it had to do with, um, Maris again because Daphne is off stage. So you don't even see her. So it's very distant and impersonal. Oh. And actually, yeah, the fact that you don't see her at all, you didn't even see Maris, but for Niles, it's like, it's not really this person you're with going through it together. It's like someone just giving you direction and commanding you and you're and the never one there up. present with you. Yeah. Sounds like somebody. We so know. I think that does make sense because I feel like I in the past have always interpreted it as like, not that she's actually acting like that, but even potentially just when you're a mom, like you're pregnant, you might just be like freaking out a little bit. Yeah. And it's her first baby too. But There's like I think, higher stress and hormones and all that. I think definitely like, they have a loving relationship. And even with the occasional like bickering or like, you know, can you get it together for yeah. this? Like overall, they're both pretty responsible. And they and both care a lot about each other. They do. So it wouldn't make sense. Like there's no but world. But they were fighting a lot at that time too. That's true. And there was like distance growing between them, which was new for them. So maybe it is partially rooted in reality, but it's also going to be his past experiences with Maris that he's worried. That's what it's going to turn into that. He's alone raising this baby, but he feels like he's the one messing it up. We really solved this case. Done. Done. (laughs) We analyzed that dream like a mother. Um, but yeah, his dream is just like insanity. Um, he's rocking the baby. She's shouting, um, the baby like almost gets cut by a saw. Like randomly it's on this conveyor belt to a saw he saves that, and then um, he has to start baking a pie, and Daphne's shouting, like, don't forget your other responsibilities. Like, you have other things that you need to be doing. Um, he f- Then the baby is in the pie. Yeah, Jesus. Um, then, eventually, he actually drops the baby, and it shatters. It just completely it's breaks. It's pretty easy sim- symbolism right there. Yeah, so when Fraser gets wind of this— Oh, yeah, when they're in the kitchen? Yeah, he's like, aha! 
you have also stupid it, dreams. Yeah, it's also very clear. And it's um, funny because when Niles wakes up, he says, I can't do it. Like, that's all he says. Like, he's so stressed about this. He feels like he's not able to rise to this challenge. And it's funny because in season two, he did have the flower child Aww, episode. Flower child. Where he was trying to figure out if he could be a dad. And he was so sweet and funny, like, carrying around this flower sack. But at the end of the day, like, he beat the shit out of that sack. Yes, like, he <laughs> like, he just let it get burned. Wasn't there, like, ta- like duct drowned. tape all over it? Yeah, too, it was, like, point. poked. Like, the poor... If that was a baby. Yeah. But also, if it was a baby... That yeah, wouldn't have wouldn't happened. Be. Yeah. So it's it is like a circle back in a way of like this it's, is something he's always been worried about and yeah. now it's happening. It's true. Very good point. So it switches to to Daphne's dream, um, in which I she I think this is why everybody hates this episode. Okay. So she's overweight, um, or has just gained weight, and it's not just like pregnancy weight it's not she's not looking she ends up they the doing same. like this cartoon thing like where she looks like the blueberry girl from Willy Wonka basically yeah so her dream is that she's gaining more and more weight and she's like I'm trying to work it off but you know it's just pregnancy pounds blah 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 meanwhile Niles is parading in these like maintenance worker women that are like dressed in the most like like skimpy like, like a Halloween small outfit a Halloween skank version of like a carpenter or a plumber or whatever they are coming in for, right? Yeah, and they're obviously, like, flirting with him. Like, they're not there to do plumbing. So. Yeah, so, like, having an affair right in front of her face because she's fat, which means she's devalued. Yeah, yeah. that could make sense why people don't like that episode. I Okay, so here's my thing with it. I think that that's something that women can worry about. I don't think that they should I don't think that that should even be a thing or a concern like that if you But it's kind of like this double-edged sword where the reason we worry about it is because we see depictions of men lusting over women like the kinds he brought in to work on the house, quote unquote, on TV. Yeah. So like we value, we're like socialized to value that body. Yeah. As a for the male gaze to be a certain type. But I do think it's true. Like, it'd be interesting to see who wrote that episode. That's true. Which we can talk about next week. Because if a woman wrote it, like, maybe there's more perspective on, like, it's just about her insecurities. And she does have a history with that insecurity when she gained Mm -hmm. weight, which she really was pregnant in real life. Yeah. But they wrote it as a character thing where she gains weight. So that is... Something she's dealt with. So I think there is val- validity to it. Like, who among us do not does not have, like, body image issues? Mm-hmm. So I get—I totally get what you're saying. I'm just saying it's like this double-edged thing where it's like, yeah, it's, it's accurate depiction mm-hmm. of things we are concerned about, but also we're concerned about it because— I guess for me, I just—I think that that 100% happens, like, in media and in, like, in life that people— I don't know, maybe have these stories and they're They're like like impressionable. Yeah, it's the reason why we think that. But I guess for me, it's not really, it doesn't make me feel that way. It's more to me, like it's her insecurity. Like it's all about everyone's insecurity. It's not like Niles is going to be a bad father. No, yeah. Even in her dream, like there is no way Niles would ever do that. And that's the thing. It's like she also already went through this weight gain and it didn't do anything. Yeah, he like didn't even notice it because he loves her so much. Yeah, so... There's there's no real reason in her relationship that we saw like for real that if you gain weight, if you if your body changes, if anything physical or like shallow, like 
just on the surface level happens to you that someone is going to stop loving you or that that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I just saw it as like, this is something that she's struggling with in, this, in her dream. And even for her, like we can look at that and say, there's no way this would ever happen. Yeah, it's Niles so Niles would surreal. never do that. So I don't take offense just to like it. Just like Niles is never going to like shatter a baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to me, I don't take offense to it just because I feel like it's just speaking to what she is insecure about. And, and it it's like a dramatized version of it. If she struggled with weight before and now she's pregnant, it might be hard. Like, that's not your priority when you're pregnant is to lose weight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really... We could talk later about the fact that they ever had that storyline about her eating in the first place. But yeah. I don't think this being a callback to it is an issue. But I, I think that's why everyone hates it. Yeah, because, like, right now it's not... Finally, it's come around. Like, let's not have, like, punchlines be about weight. Yeah. Let's not have weight be a deciding factor in your value in a relationship. Yeah. Although I guess, yeah, maybe it is still harmful just to have someone worrying about that, you know? Yeah. If there was like a conversation about it, it could make it better. But because it was just like you had to take it for what they showed, that's That's it. That's true. And that's that's kind of the thing is that's towards the end of the episode. I know. And then it like ends. And then basically Martin comes out, right? Yeah. So Martin comes out as they're arguing basically about who has it worse, um, things that were happening in their dream. Um, and the other thing in Daphne's dream, Frazier's very detached. He keeps saying like, oh, I'll get Roz to send you flowers. So <laughs> she sees Frazier as like being this detached person, not caring about her, being personable. Mm-hmm. So they're taking this out on each other now where they're thinking like acting as if this is real life. It's just your insecurities and your anxieties. Mm-hmm. Um, so Martin comes out, of course, he's going to be like, just chill. (laughs) Like, um, he just tells them like this. What does he say? He says something like pay attention to the good stuff, right? What he does. Yeah. Yeah. So he gives them a speech about like, you know, so what you think you're lonely, like you have your family, you think you're going to gain weight. Like who cares? You have a baby. You're going to have a baby. Like this is not the important thing that's happening here. Um, it ends up showing them going to apologize, but we can assume it's just Martin's dream now. Um, and Martin gives them a speech of like, I've gotten shot in the hip. I am with this girl who's way out of my league. Um, just things that honestly are pretty normal too. But he says like, I don't, I don't focus on that stuff. I focus on what's good about my life. And they sing a song. Oh yeah. There's a whole like musical (laughs) Broadway musical number. Another musical number. Oops. Sorry guys. Right or wrong. <laughs> there was another one. Um, and it, there's like showgirls. Ronnie's in this beautiful white dress. They honestly are perfect. Like, no. I think they're both, they're down for a bit. Love a bit. Martin's um, always down for a bit. That's why I love them together so much. Ronnie and Martin, I feel like they, they do really well in this cute little like entertaining mm-hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, they even say the lyrics like sunny side of the street. Like you're just looking on the bright side of things. But the thing is, it just ends after that. It just shows <laughs> them in bed and it's actually cute. Like they're not waking up like, oh my God. Like every time Fraser woke up, he's like, damn. Yeah, Niles is like, I can't stressed. do this. Daphne is like, how could you? It's because Marty's lived a life. They've both yeah. lived a life. They've gone through these lessons and they know what's important. They do. And they've made peace with that. And I mean, that's what they sing about in their dream. And you see Ronnie even like she kind of stirs, but like they both look happy and they're just cuddling together. Yeah. So they're having a peaceful they're sleep. They're not even waking up from it because it's not a nightmare. No. They keep that dream alive. And so, I mean, 
all I can guess from this show, for this episode, is that it's really just about your perspective is going to change how you feel about all those things. You know, like, you're stressing about it. The future. And it makes sense to be worried about the future, Mm -hmm. but you don't know until you get there. Like, you can't control it, and you can just pay attention to what you do have and think about, okay, yeah, even if this happens, so what? Like, I'm still going to be alive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to kill me. There's all these other great things going on. There will be another opportunity. Mm -hmm. You know, if I don't do amazing as a dad at first, I can learn from that. And you can reinvent yourself to the day you die. You can. You can, like, start new ventures, and he can pivot and do something totally different. Yeah. So. It's just a new opportunity for you if it doesn't go well. If one door closes. Another one God will push you out a window. (laughs) But that episode actually won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Art Direction for a multi-camera <laughs> What do you show. think? It was Niles' dream. It the had to art, be. The art in Niles' dream. Or do you think it was the cobwebs in the studio? I think This they, looks really spooky. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do feel like they just did a really, yeah, a really good job yeah, with Yeah, I mean, that. oh, also the Broadway number. That's true, too. That's always fun. I love a Broadway number in a show that's not a Broadway show. Yeah, I think I think all of it was fun. I would say it did feel short. Like when I was watching the episode, I was like, whoa, I'm already halfway through. And then at the end, I was like, that's it. And then we're done. And that's it. That's done. Yeah, I mean, they some shows have budget episodes where they have to keep things down. But I'm thinking with like all the different sets that couldn't have been a budget episode. Yeah, but There's, they probably wasn't ran out of also room. before Daphne went on maternity leave. No, I'm thinking of something else. Yep, that was a different know. season. Sorry, I was just thinking of like the struggling of like why they wrote this episode and when. Yeah, I so know you tackled- most people say that they also don't like it because it's a clear filler episode or it's just something weird. And it's also weird because it's the end. It's like towards the end or the middle of season 11. Yeah. Like and, they were and like, it's like, yeah, so it's like you need to be giving us your best stuff because you're about to leave us. Yeah, like people were just saying it's like, you can tell they're running out of ideas. Um, But I thought it was interesting because it's not every episode that you get a look into like what everyone's really feeling. And it could be just that. It's the end of the season, the whole series. Why not have a little weird, go weird with it for like one episode? The writers are probably just like, let's just get weird with it. And I thought it was funny. A lot of the things like they're just so ridiculous, especially Niles' whole dream. And I think it sets up to finish the season. Because now you know what these people are worried about for the future. Yeah, they're and like what's to come and like mm-hmm. their inner psyche and like how they are doing mentally. Yeah, because then Frasier meets Charlotte and that's mm-hmm. a whole like wondering where that goes and Laura pursuing Linney. that. Ugh, mm-hmm. Laura Linney. Mm, chef's kiss. Yeah. So I feel like it makes sense that they actually even highlight that he's lonely and highlight that he feels like his it radio sets show. It up for the rest of it. Because now he's looking for more opportunities. It's kind of like getting to a point of things are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, same with the parenthood. Like, things are changing. I'm worried mm-hmm. about it, but I'm going in this direction. It is going to change Niles and Daphne's relationship, but it doesn't mean it's for the worse. Mm-mm. And for Frasier, it's just like, things. yeah, things are going to be different. You're going to have a but new hope career. hope is not lost. Yeah. Just because that chapter is closing, as we just said, another door will open. Mm-hmm. So you tackled, like, the critically worst episode of the show <laughs> that, the best. and I tackled critically the best that could have been the theme the best and the worst 
And they're both cabin episodes. And cabins. But not both are a farce. <laughs> Very good. We learned something today, everybody. <laughs> we are learning. We had to bring it around, Sarah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and yours was like middle of the show and mine's the end. Very good. Yeah. We should have done an early early season. It's okay. Season two. Well, maybe we fishing. should do another cabin episode. I think we should. I think that'd be fun. I think we definitely fun. do the other. Um, I want to do relationship. The, yeah, like, where the they dates. bring the the dates because I feel like traditionally I just think of the dates and um, the, the ski, ski lodge as like one. Those are like the two biggest cabin episodes to me. I'll tackle ice fishing. That's a good one too. It makes me laugh. I love Niles I love getting all Marty dressed episode. up. Oh my god. Okay, we'll save it for okay, that sorry, episode. Sorry, sorry. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you're still here, tell your Fraser friend fans <laughs> to follow us on Instagram at the Crane Reframe. And feel free to reach out. We've been loving those DMs. Um, as we said before, we would definitely love to hear any thoughts on episodes, your input on the episodes we shared today, since they are the best and the worst. Themes that you want to hear about. Um, also, if you are listening to our podcast, because we are so new, we would love if you could subscribe or follow our podcast on whatever streaming service you're using mm -hmm. and rate and review us so we can like stay alive and feel like we are communicating with other Frasier fans and <laughs> we want to make this fun for you guys so we are 100% into hearing feedback so yeah, we're so down we are so down so down to keep your spirits up keep them around Keeping around town. <laughs> and on that note, we're wishing you a good day. And good mental health. Bye. Farewell. <laughs> Au revoir. Ciao. The Crane Reframe, a Fraser fan podcast, is brought to you by Another Mr. Productions and is hosted by Ash Baker and Sarah Hale. Executive producers, Ash Baker, Sarah Hale, and Chris Sakura. Produced and recorded by Chris Sakura at Voyager Studios. Edited by Ash Baker, Sarah Hale, and Chris Sakura. Intro theme is Midnight Walker by Wendy Marchoni. Outro theme is Hanzo by Martin Landstrom. Follow us on Instagram at The Crane Reframe. <laughs>